Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Hannibal. Mr.com. On WEEI.com. First one uh, after watching some training camp practices. They've had five of them. No pads yet. That'll come on Tuesday. But you and I have both been down there so we can give our thoughts. You're not just relying on me, which is sometimes uh, not always the greatest thing, just my eyes. So you have your own eyes too. Um, let's. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Uh, what are your general thoughts after seeing these guys, Mac Jones, Cam Newton, for five practices? Um, some ups, some downs, some overreactions, uh, some biases, I think, in coverage in terms of if you kind of had a guy coming in, you're maybe promoting as good and overlooking as bad and vice versa for the other guy. Um, more importantly, we haven't seen any pads. Nothing's really happened yet. I just, and I understand it. It's a quarterback competition. It's the first one we've had for 30 years. It's, you know. It's what everybody wants. Like, I'm sure yeah. the people's, people's bosses are saying, you know, what, what happened today? Who, right. who, who, who had the best day? And you have a veteran, a charismatic veteran who has a resume but sucked a year ago. You have a first-round pick. There's plenty of reason for it to be the biggest story. And every time you do a radio hit or a radio show, them to ask about it. But the reality is, like, They've both had good throws. They've both had horrific throws. They both looked comfortable at times. They both looked uncomfortable at times. Like there's no after. So five practices in, we've got five non-padded borderline competitive, whatever you want to term. I was even practice. just going to add, it's kind of an extension of the spring. Like even like today's to Monday's practice, for example, of the two hour session, how much was really competitive? 15 right. minutes, 20 minutes. So we, even with all that, they're 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 competing like I I wouldn't make any grand declarations either way um and I know that doesn't sell it's supposed to be like oh this guy's the quarterback or that guy's the quarterback or this guy sucks or this I think Mac at times has handled himself well and I think that's good it doesn't individual plays he's looked like it's too fast or whatever but on the totality the whole he looks like a good young quarterback that's learning and competing I would say my summarization overall is Cam 
throws are by far the worst of the two. Like there's still throws that are like, what the hell was he doing? Yes. Uh, the best throws come from Mac Jones, but those aren't like all the time. Those are yep. probably one out of every, you know, six or seven, but Cam's been more consistent. I think I would agree with all of that. There's some really ugly Cam throws. There's some really nice Mac throws. Then the one thing that Mac has done that I don't like and that a lot of young quarterbacks do is sort of the bouncing around like a chicken with his head cut off, not knowing what to do. And then a couple of times he's tucked it and run. Nothing good comes from him tucking and running if, if that happens in a real game or as the season goes on. So, um, but yeah, I would agree with that assessment. And I, I wrote a column. I stand by the column. Patriots are not going to have a very good quarterback this year. That whatever that means, the reality is, if both guys play, one guy plays, whatever, you're not going to have a high-end quarterback. So, but do you so, think that's, like, a, that's not a surprise? No, no, not at all. I mean, you either have a guy bouncing back from a bad season but looking more comfortable, or you have the future, the franchise, a first-round pick who is going to have to learn along the way. Like, yeah, we should know that. You're right. Like, But I don't know if people are really um, accepting of that Right. Like you still have Tom Brady in your mind. You still have quarterback play at the highest level and or quarterback play that, you know, you need to have in order to be a Super Bowl contender across the league right now. And I think people still have dreams and and certainly the cam people like that. There's a certain I don't know what percentage it is. I don't know how you'd even figure that out. But like what percentage of the fan base is a true cam supporter believer like sycophants like cult members but there is that group that thinks cam is the cat's meow and he's not um i guess they've pretty much split the reps 50 not 50 50 but equally like between the two of them i would say like today monday matt got more reps but i think that was in place of brian hoyer so it wasn't like he took them away from cam newton newton still gone first um do you think we could see a change, like a change soon, like in, in how they're split up? Because I feel like sooner or later, you have to declare one player at the starter. Well, I, I think that's later. I think we're a ways from that. But what I will say is, okay, so let's talk a little bit about Bill's comments from the other day where he went into the competition and the production and evaluating it over time and that it's going to be a hard decision. Forget about the fact that he then said Cam's our starting quarterback because I think those are two different things. I think the honest part was it is going to be a hard decision and there is a competition. So if there is a competition, what we've seen so far is Cam's the one, just like he was last year. He's taken the first reps, did in the spring, whatever. But at some point, you got to give Mac the opportunity to, quote, run with the ones and throw to the ones, and but also go against the top defense in 11-on-11 11 11 mm-hmm. and 1s v ones. So, yes, I think, to, like tomorrow, oops, not supposed to do that. The yeah, first, I've, caught my, I've caught myself multiple times. The first day in pads, the sixth workout, I think you'll keep going with this. Cam's the first team reps, Max two, Hoyer three, Dolagala four. Hopefully we don't see too much of the latter two. We saw way too much of those in recent days. But then at some point you need to flip-flop it. Put Cam with the twos and Mac with – and and in both ways it's fair. It, cr- yeah. it creates fairness because, okay, let's just say Cam is struggling a little. Well, he's facing, as he said – Van Oy and Hightower and Duggar and thinking, whoa, there's good guys over there. And, mm-hmm. and Mac is maybe having success against the backups. And then you flip that and you maybe go, 
oh yeah, Cam looks better when he plays the backups. And oh, Mac finds the windows a little tighter when he has to throw against JC Jackson more often or, or whatever the, the examples are. But I think we're a little bit away. I think that's maybe later in the, the week of pads or even sort of into the second week of pads. All right. So like maybe after the first preseason game, then you start to. Yeah. And it, some because of it will be by feel. And I don't know that there's like Bill probably hasn't mapped it out that far in advance. Right. Cause I don't think he does that. That's what I get back to with the, you know, cams, our quarterback are starting. Well, let's go back to that comment. Do you think he like slipped a little bit and kind of like, as he was talking about the hard decision, did he kind of say like, well, I can't say it's, it's a competition. It's like, cause do you think he was getting too much to Mac is what I'm saying? I think he was, I think he probably the, the phrase hard decision, he probably would leave out if he could go back and do it again. Mm. Um, and I also think he is making sure as he always does, he controls the narrative just like in the draft. I think the reason he said draft night, Cam is our starting quarterback. Cam is our is because he knows the narrative. The Patriots drafted their franchise quarterback, Tom Brady's right. replacement. Right. Wash it, change the narrative. And I think this was an effort to, it's going to be a hard decision. That's an acknowledgement that it isn't Cam's job anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that he wanted that. And even to rewind further, if you remember when he said clean slate, after the spring, we did some stuff in the spring, but really this is a clean slate. Mm. Everybody thought that was a Mac comment. I thought it was a Cam comment. I thought oh, it meant. I thought it was a Cam comment as well. Forget Cam struggling in the spring. Cam is competing for this job. Don't pretend that he's already fallen behind a rookie or the rookie's close and blah. Mm-hmm. I think Bill is trying to manufacture and control the narrative, and he's trying to manufacture and control a competition because he needs Cam to compete. He can't mm-hmm. just have Cam fall by the wayside, sulk especially we should throw in Jarrett Stidham has now had surgery uh, on his back reportedly. He's out of the mix for the foreseeable future. I know Reese painted it as he might, you know, when he comes off PUP in the middle of the year, it could be a good opportunistic time for him, whatever, but he's out of the mix. Yeah. He's, he's not, yeah, he's not part of, they're going to already decide roles by the time he's ready. To- right. So let's just say you lose Cam Newton. Like he's Cam starts to feel like I'm not really competing you're, you're going to start Mac. And we've talked about if Cam's not starting, does he sulk? Does he not have a role? Well, now are you going to go into the season with Mac Jones as your starter week one and Brian Hoyer as your only backup? Cause Jarrett Stidham's hurt. Yeah. You and, don't want to have that. So I, I think you need to keep Cam engaged and involved and attacked. But I would say you don't even need to have that. I think he's performing on the field like that. Like I think if I was starting a game tomorrow, I'd have Cam Newton as my starter. Oh, so I would too. But I, I just think that Cam can see for himself that he he's firmly in the mix and it is a competition. If we base the decision solely on the five days we've watched, yep, five workouts, Cam's the starting quarterback, in my opinion. I would agree with that. Like, now, I guess it's up for debate, but I think it's like it's. I'm pretty confident in saying Cam is ready to start. Would be right. But that, but that isn't what the decision is solely based on. The spring mattered. Last year mattered. You can't just men in black erase everything Cam did last year or didn't do or couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And the future matters. Well, why are we investing time? Maybe Cam is slightly better based on the spring or right now, but is it worth it? Like, what are we investing time in Cam for? Is there a payoff at the end? Or do we just start Mac because playing time and experience, there'll be a return on that investment 
moving forward late this year, next yeah, year. No, then you have that question of when it becomes like, are you wasting a year of Mac Jones for not playing? Like when is, can you slide him in during the year? Like those are questions you have that, that you're going to actually have to start asking yourself in the next couple of weeks. I would say. And you have to ask yourself cause you can't ask bill because bill would know. never talk about things like that. Like you'd probably say, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I think maybe the way to do it would be to reverse ask it. Maybe the question is, do you make a starting quarterback decision solely based on who gives you the best chance to beat the Dolphins and allow him to maybe well, answer it in a different direction? But I don't think he would. So yes, of course. I play the two players to give the team the best chance to win. So when he says that, the follow-up is then, so does that mean the quarterback decision could change on a weekly basis and see how he answers that? Then I think his mind would start spinning and he'd, he'd just, it'd be a long pause and he'd have to think of something to say. Right. I do too. And maybe give um, a, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying right now. We're just trying to figure out today. Right. That that's probably what you would get, but yes, I think that's how you have to tactically go about this. You can't, obviously you can't just ask it directly. Cause I think if you asked Bill, how do you weigh the short and long-term ramifications of the quarterback competition? I don't think he's going to answer that either. No, but maybe that's the, maybe that's the way to go about it. I don't know. But that's what you have to do. Right. Could Cam give you the best chance to win against the Dolphins? Maybe. But does Mac give you the best chance to learn from a game against the Dolphins that could val- be valuable down this road this year, next year? Though, like, how, how, So right, right now, what, how do you think it will play out come week one? Or what are you leaning more towards? Put it that way. I'm still leaning towards Mac, but less towards Mac than I had been leaning towards Mac coming into camp. I, I'm in the same boat, and I'm going further. I think Cam's going to start week one. <sighs> and I, I don't like it, but I, I've been – I'm going to be honest. I've been impressed with Cam. Have you been impressed with Cam compared to Cam or compared to what a quarterback should do to impress you? Uh, com- compared to what I saw last year. Right. And that I don't know if that's enough. If then if and you have to admit, not only have there been head scratcher throws, like just there's also been the throws that I like to point to. Eh, didn't really hit Jonu Smith in stride there. That's going to hurt his run after catch. Mm. How does that devalue your offense? Would but again, I don't think Mac has been good enough. It's, it's almost like we're weighing two different things. You're weighing what you've seen from Cam and Mac plus what you perceive Cam and Mac to be. Cam did X last year, so ugh, like you're weighing it off that. He's better than he's been. But I don't think Mac has necessarily lived up to his resume of heady, accurate, timely passer. I would agree. But if you think he's going to be that. Right. He's number 15 overall pick. He comes from Alabama. Right. Like he's, he could potentially be that. Right. It's kind of like opposite ends of the spectrum. Right. And the cam thing, cam has looked better than the cam you expected, but is it good enough? And is it better than what you think Matt could be? Like there's this whole reality past and future that well, then you get into the whole thing about like Bill loves cam, like has that whole thing with him, like wants to give him another chance. But then to your point where you went on, does that help the long-term future of the New England Patriots? Right. Is that just sort of spinning your tires, wasting money? Or do you really believe, Cam, for this year, you can win 12 games, 
go to the playoffs and the next no, year. And, and people can make the argument that they have been like the Mahomes thing that he sat on the bench the first year. Like, it's not like it hasn't been done before, but he sat behind a much better quarterback. Right. right. That would be my argument. And was not necessarily. So Max, an interesting guy. Cause he only has one year, whatever it is, 17 games. Mm-hmm. But the theory of him is he's a heady, polished, he worked his way up, he earned the job passer at SEC in Alabama's program, whereas Texas Tech, Patrick Mahomes, you could argue he needed a year of development and adjustment Mm. and NFL preparation. Yeah, I don't know. It's a a great question, and I I don't fault people for continuing to ask it on a daily bait like Cam Mac, Matt Cam. Mm. I'm just kind of sick of answering it. (laughs) Well, to be fair, too, because we have nothing really tangible to say. Like It could right. be different over this next week when they get pads on, when they do more live stuff, when the speed picks up, when we're actually seeing a lot more 11-on-11 stuff as opposed to three-quarters of the session being teaching and they're, you know, just working with Josh McDaniels and, the, you know, the just the quarterbacks. And we should get into that. I talked about this with Fitzy on his new whatever the hell it is online Venture. Odyssey, Odyssey Venture. Show. Odyssey Venture. Um today about so the pads are coming which means the running is coming both in terms of the running game Mm Damian Harris Tony Michelle offensive line play action pass blah 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 but also Cam can run now not that he's going to run a ton I guess in practice but it'll be part of it more Mm -hmm. how does that affect the assessment because there's two schools of thought well once Cam starts running this is over because he's been competitive as a thrower when he adds the strength of his game now Mac you won't be able to keep up the flip side I would say is, well, when Mac gets into a real play action game and, you know, you get a 15 yard run and that establishes the run. And now he's got a little space to hit John U. Smith in front of the state, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, yep. I think that's a factor in this as well that will evolve over the next week, 10 days and into preseason action and all that. What uh, I know Bill always says, you don't want to base your decision on, you know, one particular play or one particular day, but like, what do you think will, weigh the most in his decision will be the joint practices will be the preseason games like what what do you think carries the most weight i this is more of a general answer than specific to this i think bill has um really grown a liking to the the joint practices and the the action and the competitiveness and the scripted and getting what a what you want to see but b what you don't want it like worst case scenario best case scenario mm-hmm. like so I think joint practice action will go a long way toward deciding who the quarterback is. Mm-hmm. But the next thing I would say, and I thought you were going to ask this question, like what's the deciding factor? Or like if you listed sort of the criteria, what do you think they would like? What would, what would the tops be? Is it just as simple as, well, at least Cam can get him in and out of the huddle or the mechanics of that, or I think that's just assumed that both can do at this point. I think both will be close enough in that area. So we can remove that. Even though, you know, one's a veteran, one's a veteran with some questionable assets in that area. He admitted himself last year. Like, what did he say? Like, what does white 80 mean or something? Right. Right. Um, So I think we can eliminate that. They'll be close enough. Neither will probably be good as Brady or hell. Neither may be as good as Brian Hoyer, but right. It is what it is. But they're picking. not they're good enough to get it done, not to be right. a, a they're competitive. Player. Yes. Um, so after that, 
I think there's a chance that the next most important thing is a combination of decision making, which is obvious, and accuracy. I was just, I, it's, it's taking care of the ball. It's eliminating the pick, the interception factor. Like you're gonna just, go, you're, you're gonna go with where it needs to be thrown, and you're not gonna throw it to the defense. Not just the picks. Also, what I talked about earlier. I got two tight ends. If I'm not making good use of them, I just wasted somewhere in the range of ninety million dollars. Right. If I'm not giving Jonu Smith a chance to run after he catches it, well, I'm doing a disservice. I'm taking away a potential strength of the team. Mm -hmm. So that's why I still lean a little bit more in the Mac Jones direction, because I think there's a chance that as he settles in, we have to remember, we can't get caught up in this. I hate to sound like an old sage, but like these first five days and pretend like there's not a huge long road ahead towards Mm -hmm. actually starting. and. I just, I don't know, if I had to pick, I'd say Mac's accuracy. Mac is going to win the job, and Mac is going to be the guy. So in order for that to happen, though, you would have to, you would agree that Mac needs to do more than what he has over the first couple of days. Yes, Mac needs to be better. Mac needs to bring back a little bit more consistency in the it looks like a Patriots play, timely throws, mm-hmm. and a few too many hold-on-to-it type throws and, and that for my liking. And I think that's coming. I think we saw that at the end of minicamp even where it was starting to, you know, he's, and Cam articulated it when Cam, Tom Curran asked Cam, why do we see the ball coming out slow sometimes? And he said, I stepped to the line and you see Kyle Vanoy, but then he's, he, is he, is he showing something or is he deking? And, you know, Devin McCourty's over here and Kai, and you and I have talked about this. We both think that the secondary, the athletes, the versatility, the line, but they can all be really good. Well, both guys are facing that, and that's a challenge to them right now that could be good for this team in one sense because your defense is presenting that to the offense, but right now it's bad in the sense that your quarterback's like, oh, boy, I don't really know what to do here. I don't know what's going on over there, that kind of thing. So we'll see how they both evolve against that in the coming weeks. So that'll be something to watch. Things will pick up with pads. We'll probably know more the next time we do a podcast. Oh, I'm ready. Our minds are probably – are we somewhat maybe we both change our minds during the next podcast but there'll be more stuff to go off of and probably more relevant stuff than what we've seen over the first five days are you new here i don't really change my mind i'm stubborn i dig in and no i could very much change my mind i definitely could change my mind if mac doesn't get better and improve and and goes in a different direction but um i still think he will you know what the thing i hate most about mac yep his laugh his goofy laugh uh, it's like childish like not an nfl quarterback like or like nerdy yeah like i don't even know what it is i don't know how i describe it but we've always talked about this over the years like these cliche can a quarterback have long hair can a quarterback have tattoos can a yeah. quarterback be ugly remember that new york times actually did a study on like quarterbacks have similarly balanced facial features as models and like yeah. that all these things matter well in that people make fun of Patrick Mahomes' voice. He can't right. be a franchise quarterback. He sounds like Kermit the Frog. Right. I'm just not sure Matt uh I mean Mac Jones has a laugh becoming of an NFL quarterback. Um moving on from the quarterbacks. I don't know if you've been asked this question, you might have in your various radio radio hits or whatever. Who's been the player that stood out most to you, non-quarterback wise? I know your answer. So I won't steal your answer because I know you feel passionately about your answer. Okay, so I'm going to say John U. Smith. It hasn't been 
quite as consistent as I'd like it to be. There's been a couple ugly drops and misconnections. But the times that I've seen Jonu Smith run a crosser and catch it in stride or little um, there was a little bubble screen the other day down the left side and burst down the field, uh, Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith is, I think I said to you, he's the most intriguing player on the team. Uh, I really, I don't know if he'll reach it. I don't know if he'll reach the upside, but I think Josh McDaniels is going to have fun with him. I've said this. I think he's going to be that time when they really started tinkering with Hernandez as a slot receiver, outside guy, motion to the backfield, even give him like eye formation handoffs out of the backfield. I think John O. Smith is going to get a lot of those opportunities. And, and I think so you get the sense just on what we've seen, they have some design routes in place with him specifically in mind. Oh yeah. He's, he's a little bit like that, like athlete, get him the, the ball in space and see yeah. what he can do. Get a matchup get him on a safety, get him on a line, whatever you like, and see what he can do. Yeah, there's been a lot of him running across the middle of the defense, just getting him the ball, like with yep. the wide receiver screens. You used to see with Edelman all the time, just get him the ball. Yep, get him the ball, see what happens. Good things should happen. And my guy, Adrian Phillips. I think he's been all over the place. I think that he's gone up against both John New Smith and Hunter Henry in coverage. And I think he's won the majority of those battles. I just think he's the guy that was – he had a great season last year, but he wasn't playing to his – strength he was playing linebacker as a 180 pound guy so I think using his versatility will make him a, a much better player and he'll make this defense a lot better I think um you're right I agree with everything you said um I know you were raving about him even the first two days I wasn't there and I've seen him like I think he's a good safety I've said to you I think Duggar and him could have really fun breakout kind of mm. years and be the talk of the defense I think we're going to be having more of these conversations next time we do a podcast, whether that's the end of this week or next week after we have three or four or five days of padded practices under our belt. And we're talking about guys hitting and flying around. And I, cause I think there's a lot of candidates that could be coming like Uche or Judon or, you know, I guess Kyle Van Oy's in a red non-contact. We'll see where that goes. But. I like Godchow. He's made some plays. Even though it's been a passing camp, he's batted down a few passes. Or the guy you've mentioned that is um, intriguing in his own way, has been working really hard after practice, Dietrich Wise. Yep. You know, he got a contract this offseason. There's a reason why he got all that money. And a little bit like Phillips, the depth around him at both edge and interior – I think Bill can now use Dietrich Wise where he's best suited, not where he has to use him because of limited numbers, limited depth and all that. So I think there's a lot of defensive guys we may be talking about in a more upbeat or positive fashion four, five, six days from now. You probably don't have an answer to this question because you, if you did, you would have known it. You have told people what's going on with Chase Winovich. I don't know. Well, I mean, he's, I think all the reports were, he'll be fine. He'll be out there, like, short stay on PUP. Well, it's been a week now, and no sign of Chase Winovich. And it, it's a – even if he was healthy, I think he could have been a battle for a roster spot or a role on this team. And I think there's roster a lot of – Roster spot might be a little strong. Okay, maybe I just don't like him as much as some people do, but <laughs> – it's a competitive, it's a more competitive oh, front and no, position. No, his and, role is, for, is still, it's firmly up in the air. Right. So, and I know he's only missed shorts and t-shirts. It'll start to compound itself if it starts to be a padded practice, two padded practices, three. 
and he probably got maybe a little benefit that Anthony Jennings also missed the first three days of practices. But at some point, you know, Bill always says like the train's the moving. It trains moving. It's passing you by and you can't make it up. You can try, like you can rush and get, but you missed it. It's, it's gone forever. These practices that you could have been out there learning or proving or showing yourself competing. And it's interesting. I don't know. I, I, it's, I don't know what to make of it. Gilmore, you uh, do. Have you saw Like, this is what happened over the last week. Change your mind on where things stand. No, but I'm, 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 even more in the boat of that column I wrote a while ago about people just seem to be ignoring this and not giving it like any respect. And then he shows up and he has the, the sort of two different um, paintings of the picture where he talked to Josina Anderson, wasn't quite as upbeat mm-hmm. as the G- Giardi comments from his camp, which he's part of his camp. So I say they from him um, like, Oh yeah, he'll take a one year bump. Mm-hmm. And Everybody's like, okay, so just give him $5 million and you're good. Well, what if he asked for 10? I'll say, what if it's not $5 million? Like, that's easy for you to say, give him X, but what if he wants Y? How do you bridge that gap? And like, how far is he going to take it? Would he hold out until like, like into the regular season? Like, how, how strongly is he going to take this? Right. And I, there just isn't enough known right now. And everybody just assumes all, how many times has somebody written, it has been amicable or it hasn't gotten contentious or like the different phrasings. Okay. But it hasn't gotten settled either. It hasn't gotten to those words, but it hasn't gotten settled. And like Bill was asked about it on Monday. Um, It was a vague question about Gilmore's rehab. And he just kind of said day by day, I thought he was just talking about players in general who are rehabbing. This wasn't Gilmore specific. Um, So I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if he wanted to get a message out with, relating to it he would have used the opportunity today to sort of like give his plea or let try to get more leverage and he didn't so maybe it is okay but if it was if things are just fine then why wouldn't there just be an extension or a rework deal or whatever yeah and, and that's we've talked about it there's layers the the injury adds a layer like a mm-hmm. weird yeah he's on pup but is it a hundred percent just the injury or is it a uh, PUP oh, of convenience yeah, to delay the process. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, a um, so he doesn't get fined, but he cannot right. be out. Like yeah, there's a whole layer to that. And then do you, you, think, get do you think the Patriots need to see him on the field for at least a couple of days before they do anything. Probably. They probably want to, I don't know if need is the word right. they want to. Right. And he obviously would not like that because he doesn't want to tear his ACL and not have any. Right. Once you're on the field, you're on the field. Anything can happen. Right. Um, like, for example, do you still think he could be traded? No. I do. Um, I could see them trading him, but they would need to get a cornerback in return. I don't think they will. I think they could so That's still why I don't think they do it. Like, but the more he, and more I see their defense, like, do you know who's been sneaky quiet this whole training camp? Jonathan Jones. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't see the depth behind J.C. Jackson, who we both agree is not number one cornerback. So I think that they, they need him. We, and we've talked about that too. They need him. You're preaching to the choir. I think the whole yeah. season could hinge on getting Stephon Gilmore happy and in camp and, right. and going. I just, I don't know. I am not closing the door on the possibility that he could still be traded. What's that percentage then? Like, are we talking like five or are you talking like 25 to 30? 
I don't think 25 is too high. Okay. Because remember, that's still a 75% chance that he is still on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but I just, I think most people would put it at like zero or 1%. Right. Right. And I don't, I think that's too, um, too optimistic given the variables that are still at play here. Uh, another controversial guy, Nikhil Harry. I think we actually called it on the off the last off day podcast. Once he got back into the building, Bill Belichick sat him down and said, your, your representation is not very good. Stop listening to them. And we're going to get you on the right track. I think that that's probably what happened because both Harry, he said last week, he's okay with being a Patriot. Bill today said they had a great conversation. I took that as Bill kind of got him back on the Patriots program and basically said, your, your agent, your representation is not here anymore. You're, you're with us. Yeah. Two, two types of reps I think are bad for Nikhil Harry, his representation and his reputation yep. in, in the league. Like you want me to trade you, but nobody wants you. Like, you? you think you're something that no one else now thinks. Of the NFL. Newsflash, Nikhil. We tried to trade you around the draft and nobody wanted you. Right. So you know, we did. We talked about like the best things for all parties. Do I want to trade you? Yes, I do, Nikhil Harry. Harry, you've been a tremendous disappointment. Do you <laughs> want to be traded? Yes, you've been tremendously disappointed in your role. We need to work together here. Help me help you, as right. the famous uh, Jerry Maguire line goes, right? Help me help you. You want to get out of town? Shut your mouth, work hard, try to be good, good enough, create some value, whatever it is. And it kind of sounds like I don't think Nikhil Harry wants to be here suddenly. Like no, he just I I don't know if he if he was told he would be the number two receiver with getting X number of snaps, I think he would want to be here, right? Do you think if they told him that or we'll cut you tomorrow, which would he take? So he could pick any team to go to. Uh based on what he said, probably the latter, but like yeah. who, who would who would take him up? I don't know, but I just think I think he thinks like he he himself feels like he needs a chain of scene, change of scenery, change of scheme, change of system, second chance. You think it's more of a, a Joshua Daniels thing? Like maybe Nikhil's like sick of him. Could be, it could be the whole thing could just yeah. be. And sometimes once you sour on an environment, even if some things aren't really that bad, you're just like done with the whole thing. All done. Like a little baby, you know, all done, all done, all done. Like you're all done with the whole thing. Even if some stuff isn't as bad as maybe you think it is. What have you thought? Cause he, he talked about he he worked too much on being big and getting big and playing big and that kind of whole thing. And now this goes in line with actually, I think Mutt and I on his show talked to the footwork King and, yep. you know, he said, we're going to work on quickness and footwork. Does he look noticeably quicker or better footwork to you? Nope. Slow coming out of the breaks. I think I said, I said it with you and, and uh, Gresh, like uh, Jawan Williams, like undercut him for a pass yeah. breakup. And like, it's, yeah, it's, it's the same stuff. With him. Yeah. Okay. I, just and he, to... I mean, to be, it's the same thing too. Like, I think it was day one or day two. He had like a decent day, caught some, a few touchdown passes, like made more plays we'd seen. And then the next day you're getting undercut by Jawan Williams. You're not getting targeted much. So just the, the usual, like, he has one day of like, maybe things are turning a corner and then he takes two steps back. And we're not allowed to say first team or starters or whatever, but I can tell you this. I see a whole hell of a lot of three receiver sets that are Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers. Yes. So like he's not in that group almost ever. He, he's still kind of a red zone target and, 
different things like that. But he's not a top three receiver as of the first week of training. I mean, I will say, like, when it comes down to the back end of the roster, would you rather have somebody like Nikhil Harry or like Isaiah Zuber? Um, that's a good question. I would probably say Harry just because he have the physical that he things that he brings. Like, you can find what a way. Bring? What does he bring? Because he's big and he looks good getting off the bus. Yes, ever done. That he can, he's good. He could be used in the red zone like they kind of have, which I just feel like you can't say you you don't have any role really for Isaiah Zuber. Yeah, I don't know enough about Isaiah Zuber. I've never really thought about him in a realistic way. And you're right, I probably should. One of those guys is probably going to be part of Isaiah Zuber, Kendrick, one of Wilkerson. One of those guys is probably going to make the team. Apparently, my boys at PFW kind of have taken a liking to Marvin Hall. I heard every time I see number fourteen, it's a drop. So yeah, I think he stinks. I don't. And you know who's actually moved up my personal wide receiver rankings? No, Gunner. He's actually been had like no one's really talking about him much at receiver, but the, you should. Like in the spring and post Edelman retirement. Some people were starting to talk about like Gunner as the next, you know, next in line, short white slot receiver, the New England way, blah, blah, blah. And I was against it. I had never really, I got to tell you through five days of camp, I'm not saying he's the next Edelman. I'm not saying he's the next Welker or Danny Amendola, but on a wide receiver depth chart that you're going to have five guys, right? In all likelihood, maybe you can only have four, whatever. He's moved up in my mind. He's caught the ball. He's gotten open. He's had some plays. Yeah, well, let's just – I guess we'll get into it because we, we took questions. That was one of the questions. Uh, I, don't, I don't have it off the top, like I, so I can't give a name credit. But how would you rank the receivers right now? Ranking the receivers, I would say Nelson Aguilar. Uh, yeah, Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, Kenneth Horn, Gunnar Olszewski, Isaiah Zuber. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I would put Wilderson ahead of Zuber. I mean, it's like nitpicking, but I think he's been a little bit better. Um, but I've been, I don't want to say disappointed by, but Jacoby Myers has been pretty quiet. He has. He's had some decent plays. Like he had a nice touchdown on the left side. He beat Jones yesterday mm-hmm. um, in a red zone drill. He's had a couple. Um Again, we'll see. I don't know that That's this why is it's so hard. Like, so we talk about the quarterbacks. Like, just because a guy doesn't catch passes doesn't mean he had a bad day. Right. And the quarterbacks are part of this equation. They're still learning. They're still going through reads. Um, if you made me pick a top three, he's in my – well, he's in my top two. Myers. Nelson Aguilar. We should – yes. Yeah. Um, and Nelson Aguilar, I should say, I think I used the word maddening the other day because mm-hmm. he – can certainly run, can certainly make plays. He had more hands catches, strong, like short goal line, red zone hands catches going up, really grabbing the ball than I thought I would see. But there's still drops. There was a bad drop from Mac at the goal line, like a deep ball. Yeah, the Mac actually had like a perfect throw. That would have been probably the play of the day. Yes. Um, so I, I think I said to Giardi when we were talking, like you can see the talent that made him a top receiver prospect, number one receiver, and then you can see the the warts or the problems that are why his hands were questioned in Philadelphia and he hasn't really found consistent success in the NFL. Yes. Um, 
Do you like random thoughts from training camp? Random thoughts from training camp. Or just random players like bounce around, not specific in area. Like for me, I'm just going to bring up Shaq Mason. He's been a guy that's been great here, but I think he's been rotated in and out of 11 on 11 way more than you would think for a guy that's been considered for the Pro Bowl. Well, I would say don't read too much into that. They create depth this time of year. I'd also say, other than Andrews, he and Andrews, those are the known commodities. Those are the guys that least need the reps. So as you're trying to create depth and you want to work a Marcus Martin in, is that his name? Marcus Martin? Yep. Uh, Marcus Martin or Alex Redwood. Redmond, who's he. We Redmond. talked about it. We talked about that today on when they go from 90 to 85. He's one of those guys. He's, oh, you're predicting. He's stable. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, because he's a veteran, so you never know. Um, but as you're creating it, I think Shaq Mason, like you want on when you to continue to get reps at guard. He hasn't had a ton of reps at guard in your system. So I think there could some be some of that. Um, we should mention that. Two two days ago, three days ago, um, Ted Karras got rolled up on. Yeah, Ted Karras, day three. Day three. So he's missed two sessions now. Um, I actually thought initially it looked bad. He was kind of yelling. and His like, reaction, yes. But then I yeah. think once he started taking a few steps, realized it's not as bad. Right. And there were reports that he avoided major injury. Um, but I said this to you before, I think before camp even started, maybe our preview. The offensive line is strong and talented and has a good front end and could be a sneaky concern given the health status, the lack of depth. And he was your interior backup. He was mm-hmm. boom, 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 left guard, center, right guard, consecutive reps, moving him around. Boom, boom, boom. He's your guy. So if you start to lose him, I think it's just an indication. We mentioned today, um, you and I talking, it looks like Cunningham is maybe slightly ahead of Justin Haran as your swing tackle. Miles had a Yannicka juice. Oh, yeah, Yannick Juice gone. Forget about him. Maybe but, he could be part of that 90 to 85. Uh, you never know. Could move on. Um, but the swing tackle, when you have the recent track records of Isaiah Wynn and Trent Brown, that guy might have to play. Like, yeah, that was an area that I thought they might look to address this offseason, just adding a veteran swing tackle that you could count on. Right, and they don't they didn't really do that. have that guy. So it's just Who's the guy they had? The, I think the Bills picked up. What was his – like the last two years, who was their swing tackle? Why can't why am I blanking? Oh, the Patriots guy? Yeah, yeah. Um, I know who you're talking about. Oh, <laughs> this I'm is sure. what I get you for, not me. Cunningham and what the hell's the guy's name? I know this is really killing me. Yeah, they're gonna be all Luminor, Jermaine Illuminor. Yeah, Jermaine Illuminor. I don't think he's very good. No, but he served a role in the like he was his val his value served the last couple of years. Like But maybe they thought Haran or maybe they think Will Sherman has an upside. Potentially. Yeah. Am I actually naming hitting the right name? The draft pick you're talking about? As yeah, a Will Sherman? Yeah, Will Sherman. Um, but I do think that's a that's a an area to keep an eye on, and you got a little indication of that very early in camp with with Ted Karras getting rolled up on and getting dinged up. Yes. Um, so the running backs. Okay. I have to admit, first and foremost, I'm a fan of Damian Harris, have been a proponent and advocate of his since his rookie year when he didn't get to play, and I think he mm-hmm. should have played. I think he's looked athletic, explosive. I think 
on occasion, he's caught the ball well, shown that ability. I am, if we're doing a stock watch, for example, I am buying Damian Harris and never hurts when Bill Belichick is giving you the old uh, talk up. I can't, I don't know if I can say what I would normally say. <laughs> yeah, you probably can't. And I know. I, I, um, yeah. You know where you buy in bulk? Yes. CJs. Um, that I think Damian Harris got fingers crossed, stay healthy is in line for a breakout season. And I think Bill wants him to have a breakout season because I think there's a part of Bill that is just about all done with the old Sony Michelle experiment. And if he can stick it to him by having like a 1,200-yard, 1,400-yard Damian Harris, I think he'd enjoy it. When's the last thing you've ever heard Bill Belichick say, lead back? He might as well have said RB1. <laughs> right, right. Like that was that, – I think that was a big – inside Bill Belichick's mind and how he feels with the running backs. And it's like you said, it was more of a, I took it as a, I don't want to say shot at Sony Michelle, but it was definitely referring to Sony Michelle's lack of production, lack of uh, attendance this off season yep. and going all in on Damon Harris. Agreed. And just visually speaking, I don't think Sony's looked all that great. Nope. He got a little, I guess he's probably has bad knees, like a little hitch in his giddy up. And I'm not saying he's limping. It's just like a little thing. He's had a couple bad drops. Well, I was just going to say, we, Ivan Fears has been saying since his rookie season, oh, he'll catch the passes, he'll catch the passes. Well, every time we see him on the field trying to catch passes, he drops them. Right. Yes. Meanwhile, I got Damian Harris catching a pass, jumping over a garbage can in celebration. Like, yes. I liked what I saw. Maybe I'm just gimmicky and getting suckered in, but I like Damian Harris. Um no, to continue in the running backs, you said stock up, stock down, stock, stock down, James White. And Don't I, say that. The man is a saint and a legend. But I'm saying that, like, that they haven't had any pads yet. Like, there's obviously a long way to go. It's the first five days. Maybe they're just giving some newcomers chance to get reps. But I haven't seen much from him. He's had a couple drops, too. I just start – I'm not worried about James White, but I don't think he's the same player as he once was. Yeah, I think there's a chance of that. I I remember thinking or talking about that a couple years ago. And then last year, we all gave him the pass for the family issues, plus Cam Newton. Like, there was just so much that you could say, hey, it makes sense that he's not having a great year, whatever. But then he hits free agency. Apparently, no one's really interested, right? Basically, like, nothing. No. Yeah, that's what the one team we thought he was a lock to go to. He didn't even want him. Right. Apparently, his GM Brady didn't want him, so... Right. Um, there are, I will say there's circumstantial evidence or some, you know, reason to believe maybe James White is fading, but I do like him a lot. I hope it's not true. Well, and I'm like the, I still, I'm not at the point where I think JJ Taylor is better than him. So I think there's still, you're not going to move on from James White. Yeah. As much as people, who was it that was like, oh, the Patriots have the best running back room, Tannenbaum. Last year? That was last year, right? Yes. I think they have a lot of questions at running back. They have a lot of names. They have a lot of bodies, but like right, but each guy comes with a question mark. Like Ramondre Stevenson looks like a red shirt guy to me. That's that's how he's been in my head. Um, Brandon Bolden. I know they love him, but he's out of football for a year before that he was on the other team and he touched the ball like twice. And those came against you and he scored, but other than that, he didn't really do much. He's a special teams guy, but he's a special teams guy. They love. So like, I've learned over the years, because even though he's been cut, he's been... They trust him, too. 
They trust him, and like it wouldn't stun me if he had 300 yards rushing and 300 yards receiving this year over the course. Oh, it wouldn't stun me at all. No. Or it wouldn't stun me if he's done and he's not that good. I don't know. He, he all over the map. I'm just saying. Is there a single certainty in the backfield? If if your concerns about James White are right, mm-hmm. there's not a single certainty in the running back room. I, I feel more certain that Damian Harris is ready to be the, the lead guy. Me too, but Damian Harris started and ended last year on IR. He was right. on IR or... So I guess with him, it's more of a, not can he do it, it's can he stay on the field and do it. Got to stay on the field and prove consistently he can do it. He's yeah. a little bit of Isaiah Wynn. Like, yeah. I think Isaiah Wynn's pretty good when mm-hmm. he's on the field. I think Damian Harris is good. When he's on the field, stay on the field. I need you to be a workhorse lead back as your head coach has called you. Yep. Uh, how about defensively? You got any of those like just random thoughts, random. How we about Josh? Let's talk about Uche. Okay. So you and I both, um, I don't want to say poo pooed, but he was the hot guy in the spring in shorts. Like yes. he was rushing and flashing and all this still in shorts, by the way, we haven't done it. I'm starting to buy into him a little bit and it's weird. He's got an edge to him. I've liked what I've seen the work with Judon. I like Judon's comments. He's going to well, be that's what I was going to say the most is the way that Judon talked about, like he basically put him in the same breath as Hightower. I'm learning from, from Uche. And we saw it. I told you, I watched that with the, it was Uche, Judon and wise. And you know, he was like a, an active participant. He wasn't just listening. He was like talking back and showing it was equal shares. And then today he was all still football, right? We got to play in pad. Like he has a little edge physical. I don't know. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by him a lot. And he's also a guy that will just have a, because they have so many guys, they can use him to his strengths and not have a, just basically you're playing this because we need you to play this. Right. Yes. I think he can be utilized where Bill thinks he can maximize the opportunities and he might take edge reps from Winovich. He might be off the ball reps from Bentley. Bentley did have an athletic interception of a camp uh, pass. Uh, when I saw that play, because he switched numbers, number nine, I was like, Juwan Bentley. Whoa. Yeah. He, I think he benefits from the number switch. I think it makes him look more athletic. Worked today for my eyes. It was also, I mean, Cam can't be throwing passes that hit the linebackers in both well, hands. That was one of those throws that Cam makes to say, what was that? Right. Um, but it, w- it was a good play. Like, I don't want to discredit it. Cause if, if Hightower made it or Van Oy made it, we'd be like, Oh, that's that athletic versatility, blah, blah, blah. So I want to give Bentley the credit that he made that play. Um, do you want to get into with pads? Like, what are you looking forward to seeing most? Josh Uche. Yep. Okay. Cause I want to see him hit somebody. I want to see him beat a tackle one-on-one drills, pass rusher, everything coverage. Um, and Jonu Smith still and continued. Jonu Smith's going to be one of my like focal points of camp mm-hmm. preseason action all the way through until I see what he is oh, actually. Sorry to interrupt. Hunter Henry, thoughts on him? We haven't really talked about him much, probably because he hasn't really made many plays, but he hasn't made any bad plays either. So he's fine. Like I, I haven't. He's exactly what I think he is, and that's a consistent. He'll produce at the level he's produced, maybe a little bit more, a little bit less, but like. I just don't see a hundred catch season from him, like doubling his production or, or anything like that. Because as I've said, I think the guy that has that opportunity to blow up is John U. Smith, but I also don't see a 10 catch. He's inactive in week 11. Holy crap. What did they screw up with Hunter Henry season either? He's going to be fine. He will be absolutely fine in this offense that I I'd be stunned if he's not. 
Uh, I'm looking forward to the, the defensive lineman. I think that's a sneaky competitive position. You have a lot of guys not only fighting for roster spots, but playing time. And so I meant to look up Henry Anderson's contract. Is he on the team? Because talk about like a, a surprise cut or a veteran name you think is part of the mix that just could stun you not being part of the mix. Henry Anderson would be a th- name I throw out there, even though I like him. He's a name uh, that I would uh, sign a two year, $7 million deal. He's got a 3 million to dead cap. That's kind of a lot. Yeah. He's on the roster for this year. Maybe not next year. They have, they can get out of it for next year, but okay. I, three million is kind of a lot. It is kind of a lot. So he's on it, but okay. So he's a guy I'd like to see start and show up a little bit more, and he should with pads on. I was gonna say you, you can't knock him for not already just because yeah. I mean, I'll be a hundred percent honest with people that read our notes and read our blogs and listen. Like your eyes are swayed in non-pads, in my opinion, to the offense. skill players offensive players like it's just you're watching the quarterbacks and the receivers you you see the defensive backs because they're covering the receivers but Mm -hmm. it's like i feel like your attention and your analysis is sort of swayed towards the offense with no pads on and then once the pads come on you're you're just seeing obviously because it's live so you see a guy a lineman to get beat a defensive lineman get a sack like there's more evidence there where when without pads it's just like stand there with your hands up yeah, like when a guy, Dietrich Wise or Matt Judon, rushes off the edge, it's not really rushing off the edge. Like there's no, there's nothing there. Right. And then we, you know, you add in like the one-on-ones that the linemen oh, do, yeah. the interior, the exterior, like, okay, that's where we start to assess things. Maybe not to the level that Bedard does where he has every matchup down to a half point or whatever, but um, you certainly get to see more. Um, any other, like quote some guys in the media that you want to bring up? Uh, Raquan McMillan. I want him to make the team because uh, after listening to him today, he's very entertaining, very seemingly forthcoming, but a lot of them are that like, I think they have, and we talked about this. I think you may be writing about this coming forward. Like this group, I bol- Bolden brought it up, how the new guys have fit in. There's an energy like that's, and I, I buy into that, but Raekwon McMillan today, I don't know that I've even really, th- he's a name. Like I've never, I haven't really thought of him. You know, like, have we discussed him at all? Like probably not once. <laughs> right. And listening to him today, talk about how he's a core special teamer. He was in Miami. He was with the Raiders. Um, I just, I don't know. He, he caught my ear. He had a lot of good things to say. Raider tweeted um, after there, somebody tweeted the, the quotes from him that he uh, at Ohio state, they thought he could be a captain as a freshman. Oh, wow. So he has that leadership ability. I'm sure that's set out to Belichick. Um, mm-hmm. so it seems like a, a good locker room guy to have too yeah no 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 I like uh, and you get into I don't know the kicking game how many can you, know, you have yeah or like is Brandon King at the end of the road like a core special teamer like Brandon King who's been hurt a lot the last couple of years right. could he be replaced by a Raekwon McMillan yep for example yep I don't have the answer to that right now yeah, well, well, that's for the uh, a later August podcast, probably. Yeah. Uh, did you make of any like takeaways from when Mac met with the media? Like, I, I thought he did a decent job. Like, he's not bothered by the moment. Like, wasn't no. I like, thought. I mean, wasn't a deer in the was, headlights. No deer in the headlights. I told you his laugh is dorky. Um, he doesn't necessarily. Well, he doesn't command it like Cam, but few people no, do. He does. Yeah. Right. 
Um, I thought he did fine. I, I, I have no problem with it. I think he's honest. I think he's relatively comfortable acknowledging faults and, but mm. still has the swagger. Like we heard the stories today about he did um, his rookie skit or impression was cam and apparently nailed it. And everybody, you know, you've had along the way. Well, I mean, first of all, some of it is like, they assume the dorky white kid doesn't know hip hop music, doesn't have swagger. Isn't right. And I think a lot of players are learning, Hey, the dorky white kid likes hip hop. He's got a little swagger. Like that's some of that. Um, like he, you know, Brady was a dorky white kid too, mm. but he found a way to connect with everybody. Right. Right. And it seems like Mac has that ability, the dorky white kid, but he finds a way to connect with everybody on the mm. offense and defense and, and create the Judon thing. I keep going back to the Judon thing. Maybe I'm making way too much of this, but the fact that he's screaming from across the field, we love you Mac and whistling. I think is cool. And I think that says something about Mac. I don't think that has to happen. I don't think that always happens. And I, I think that's good. Yes. We should probably get some questions. I almost forgot about them. I was going to say, you asked people for questions. I accidentally answered one on the Twitter because I wasn't, didn't notice it was we'll, actually a question. For the we'll get that. We'll get that out of the way. That was from Claire. What did you from Quinn Nordine? First of all, happy birthday to Claire. Oh, it's her birthday. Uh, this week. Okay. Yesterday, day before, she had a very cool looking, um, it was basically a Patriot jersey cake with number, she loves tight ends. I don't know if you're familiar. Loves tight ends, was number 85 on it. It looked very good. Nice. And, uh, I'm waiting for the slice in the mail from halfway around the world. Um, but Quinn Norton has a strong leg. That's obvious. Yep. He's better than Justin Horwasser ever was. Or ever will be. Or probably ever will be. He is not going to unseat Nick Folk, in my opinion, this year. I don't think there's any chance of that. Nope. He mishits the ball on occasion, like some young kickers do. He had one yesterday that went right and short. He, like, got under it. He popped it up. Um, it was an ugly kick. But I do think he's shown enough to potentially hang around in some form or fashion the practice I think with squad. the expanded practice squad, he's kind of a – I don't want to say lock, but he's right. one of those guys you could pencil in for being on the practice squad. Yeah, so I think he'll be around and he could potentially be your long-term kicker because Nick Folk's not getting any younger. Yep. I think they like they like him enough to work with him further. Right. And they already ran what's his name out of town, Aguayo. So like he already he technically already has beaten somebody out. Right. Uh this one's from Kavan, who's asked a bunch of questions in the past. Has Asi Asi's progress from minicamp been overtaken by Matt Lacoste ever since his positive COVID test? Another one, could you see Jakob Janssen not making the team? I could see, isn't it Jakob Johnson? Not Jakob yeah, yeah. Johnson. Johnson, yes. One J is soft and one J is yes. hard or whatever. Um, I could see Jakob Johnson not making the team. Um, I don't think he's good enough as a pure fullback to just make the team. And if you feel like you get enough of that in, let's say, Dalton Keene and Hunter Henry can fulfill that role, whatever, in, in the, the, the ways you need it. I, it's going to be interesting because Dalton Keene's hurt. Always. That's what I was just going to say. If, if Keen was healthy and making plays and contributions, I could see it more. But without him being on PUP, that's hard to envision. Um, and with Asiasi out, Lacoste has been fine to me. He's done the, nothing to really stand out. One way or the other. But he's caught right. the ball. Like, I can envision, oh, little boom, little quick out. He caught it. He turned up field. He looked like a tight end, like a fine veteran, nobody tight yeah. end. Like, um. I know some people were all over uh, Fumagalli or whatever the hell his name is. One day he had like 10 catches. 
which is better than the spring, which one day he probably had 10 drops. He was terrible. And then the next, I think the last like three, he's had a combined like two. Yeah. I, I don't think he'll make the team. I think, I mean, obviously you have Hunter Henry, John U. Smith yep. making the team. I think Devin Asiasi makes the team no matter what, unless he's on a list, like some yes. form of fashion, he'll be a Patriot. Yep. And then you go from there. There's probably one spot left for either another tight end like Keen or Lacoste or a true fullback like Jakob Johnson. Like, I don't know if you can I have I think Keen's destined for the PUP all year, Foxborough, flu, ankle, hamstring thing. He's gonna, But he's going to be one of those guys that, like, never was. He's just – he's right. going to be here for three years and have never done anything. I agree. But, yeah, so I guess that's the rundown at tight end and fullback. Uh, we already ranked the receivers. Uh, is Bill on the hot seat with Kraft? Who's this from? Gary Tangway? <laughs> Maybe. It's a, could be his burner. I mean, it's from a WMFQQKG81HMLTV8. So it's from a bot <laughs> or a troll or whatever you want to call it. Um, no, he's not on the hot seat. I don't believe with, okay. with Robert Kraft, but if, if, if the it hits the fan and this is an ugly season to start the year and it's like nobody's catching passes that I paid big money to and I'm not getting any edge production out of Jew like yep. could it be yes I would be surprised if it but I think the crafts are emotional I think they're competitive and I think first and foremost they don't like to waste money they don't want to mm -hmm. they invested what Robert say capital the most capital yep. I've ever have to invest at this time of year yep so like he's keeping track. He's watching. He's, he's seeing what, now I will say he hasn't been out much. Jonathan was out yesterday. Was Robert out early? Robert was out early the first couple of days. Uh, hasn't been really since Jonathan. That was one of the first times I can recall seeing him out at a training camp practice. Yes. And I will say he looked very young with a ball cap on. I thought he looked, yeah, looked, very like, he looked like he just worked out like at the stadium. He looked good. He looked yeah. really good. I thought, um, which is meaningless, neither here nor there. I don't know what, why I said it. Um, but no, I don't think Bill Belichick's on the hot seat. I, do you see any way he's on the hot seat? Like yeah. this year? I mean, this year he's flat out on the hot seat where come December, Robert's like, Jonathan, what do you think? Should we get no. rid of him? Like, no. I don't really. I, I mean, I guess if if the wheels fell off and Mac looks like I was just going to say, if, if Cam stinks and if Mac stinks, like feel all, like but all the free agents have to stink too. Right. I just, yeah. what are the chances? All of those guys stink. 1%. Yeah. So no, he's not on the hot seat. Uh, last one before we go, because we answered a couple of these other ones in our just discussion. Yep. Uh, what, what would you say is the ceiling for the Patriots offense this year? I can't see them better than 15th in the league with whoever the quarterback is. I'm not great at the rankings, but. It also depends what you're ranking on. You're ranking on points scored, yards. Right. Like, I think they could run the ball relatively well. I think they could be a eight to 10 offense. Yeah. Um... I mean, that that's like, if everything goes great and it's like, best case scenario yeah and like you said points get muddied because like a couple of years ago the defense scores, scored yeah. a bunch of points and it kind of yeah i i think they could be right around average maybe a little bit above average based that's on right, that's game. probably like yeah better than average but i don't think they're going to compete with any of the high scoring no and sure. Yeah. 
Go ahead. Well, I was just like sometimes like if you're average, but it's average buoyed by a running game. I don't know how well th- in this day and age you're not thought of as well. Like you got to have big plays in the past. Well, I was just going to say that they're not a team that can go out and score like 35 points. Nope. But I could see them being a team that could consistently get 21 to 24. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if their special teams is as, oh, that's, uh, let me throw that in there. Jake Bailey absolutely murders footballs <laughs> and he makes life tough on some of his returners. He, they were backpedaling, sprinting, chasing. He killed, like, I know people got mad when I did my roster rankings and I made him like the number two player on the team. He might be the best player on the team at his job. He's freaking good. Oh, I would agree. He's kind of, I know it's just kicking, but like you're watching probably one of the best players at his position in the NFL work on his craft every day. And it's, it's like, like he bombs the ball. And his new thing, these, these like sideline kicks where he forces the guy full speed at like a 45 degree angle backwards. And the guy end up running out of bounds because he booms it like five yards off mm-hmm. the playing field. But the guy's so focused on trying to catch the ball. I, he could have another really, really good year. But what I was going to say is special teams is going to be a factor there. Like special teams run the ball, yep. how good they are. But if he's doing his job, like you win that field position. And then all of a sudden Cam's got a shorter field when he gets the ball back because you pinned him inside the five and they punted and they didn't get a, a lot, a lot goes into it there. So we don't need to get into all of it. All right. Yeah. I think you have anything else you'd like to add? I'd like to thank the PR department for feeding us some normalcy coming back to the world. We've yes. done interviews. We've watched practice. Even this interview setup that I think we I, had. I was going to say, I, I had some doubts going into it. It's it's worked out very well. Other than me transcribing off your file today with, I had wind and I had another player talking. It made it a little difficult. Um, but other than that, we've gotten every day like nine players basically or six to nine players. Yeah, six to nine players every day. And Bill, three times, I, I, you know, we're media, we complain. It's part of our nature. I don't really have any complaints in that area. No, I mean, obviously, we both would like the old training camp where you request a player to get them coming off the field. But we're getting oh, yeah. players in person. We're, we're back watching practice. It's, yep. It's, oh, and one last thing that I know has been a hot topic locally, Felger and Maz were ripping the fans. Oh. and They've lost interest. And I, I personally don't see it. I saw good crowds early in camp. There was a very light crowd today. I think there's a lot of factors for that. A, I think they realize they're still not in pads. Mm. B, I think people had to work. And it's one thing when it's the first couple days late last week. Now it's like, well, you're in Bay 5. Uh, it's also a beautiful day, and we haven't had a lot of these beautiful days, and no offense, but I think there's a lot of people that say, well, I'm going to the beach, or people like you. It's actually a really nice day. If I can get away, I'm going to the golf course. I'm not going to Gillette Stadium. Right, or I can go to Gillette like a week from now. Like they're Right, and – we've talked about this too, going back to, they don't have any stars. They don't have anybody that somebody goes like, I, this may be the only chance I get to see X. It's it's the Brady factor. Right. Well, Brady Gronk, like they had stars. They don't have like cam is a star. I mean, people brought up too the autograph thing, no autograph, no autographs. Yep. I think that's a, so I think all these little factors lessen the experience, lessen the draw. But that being said, the practice on Saturday was decked out yeah you were that's what i was going to bring up saturday was like a, a normal saturday that we've seen now monday was probably the lightest crowd i've seen but 
that's going to happen for all the reasons you just mentioned. Right. And, and so don't tell me fans have lost interest and, and like something's caught up to the Patriots and fans aren't really, no, it is what, and we're also in the era of still post COVID, like what people prioritize and what they well, no, let's do it. And uh, want to go there. Are they willing to go in crowds? And well, like, that's what I was going to say. There's got to be a certain percentage of fans that still don't want to go out in crowds and bring their kids to these places so that the people right. you're, you're used to getting are now maybe reluctant to do it. So there, there's a number of factors relating to the, the inconsistent attendance. The Boston Red Sox, up until the last couple of days, were among the one or two best teams in baseball based on record. Surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. They have young stars. They have all this. They haven't been able to get back to their normal nightly sellouts and attendance. And so there's a lot of factors at play, but I think there's been relatively good crowds, relatively good interest, relatively good interaction. Hell, there was a John U. Smith chant. I'm impressed by a John U. Smith chant. I'm sorry. And Cam has, I think, interacted with them and given them some value for their appearances. And yes. you know, I said this, partially maybe it's a shot at Tom Brady, partially maybe it's not, but I think Cam is the most interactive player that's ever um, come through the last 20 years of practice at Gillette Stadium in terms of the crowd. He interacts with the crowd as much as anybody, certainly as much as any of their stars have, the Tom Brady's, the Gronk's, the whoever. Gronk did a little bit. A little, not as much as Cam. Oh, no, not not to that level, no. So there's been some of that. So I, I think the the that's much ado about nothing. There's been good crowds. The players have interacted with the crowds. They can't do autographs, but yeah. – it's been fine. It's been camp. It's been good. And it'll, it'll ramp up a little bit when there's pads and then it'll ramp up a little bit when the giants come to town. Yes. All right. Well, uh, another podcast sometime this week, I would say, or at the end to wrap up the week, there'll be another podcast. These are regular. There be, there will always be another one. Yes. We only take a two week hiatus. No, it's football season. We're back, baby. It is. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk to you with our next one. Peace out. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus